Welcome back to That Guy Show Podcast. I'm William. I'm Matt. That Guy Show is a podcast for men, about men, by men, with men, as men. Amen. Matt, William, what's going on, sir? Not too much, man. It feels good to be back. It does feel good to be back. I feel like it's this been is, quite a while. Yeah, I feel like this is damn the, COVID <laughs> gave us more time, but then took our time away all at the same time. All at the same time, and now we're, we're hitting election time, and it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy end to 2020. It's election week, bro. It's election week. It is. Are you excited? Yeah, I mean, I've always had a weird... I don't know when it happened. It was in college. People would stay up all night and watch the election results. And I guess I just never cared before then. But then after having the experience of, like, staying up all night and watching the elections, somehow it just... I don't know. Yeah. It just made it matter to me more. That's awesome. It was always the exciting part. And, of course, now with the mail-in voting and everything, you kind of feel like... It'll be anticlimactic because you kind of know you're not going to get a final. I mean, you might get a final result, but you feel like you're not. So it's just sort of a, you know, you know, it's going to be anticlimactic. At least that's what it it feels like. Yeah. Um, And then, it's you know, it could be the end of actually, I already know where I'm watching the election on election night. Do you know where you're watching the election on election night? I do. Really? Where are you watching it? I'm wondering if we're going to watch in the same spot. We're not. Okay. Oh, because you're not watching it. No, I am watching it. Oh, okay. I'm just going to be at my house. Oh, I mean, and, I and meant... And I know you're like, not going to be there. No, no, no I'm, I'm not going to be at your house. I meant, like, where you're going to watch the election results. So, um, so Joe Rogan and Kyle Kalinske are going to do a live draft night party. Or draft night. <laughs> it's election night party. And Alex Jones is going to be there. So, I'm really excited about watching that. That's going to be some dude, hilarious that, stuff. Dude, that's out there, man. That's funny. <laughs> that is going to be pretty crazy. So anyway, so I'm looking forward to that. See how that turns out. Um, but yeah, dude, um, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy times. I mean, I guess you always feel like, at least in my lifetime, I felt like when elections come up, everybody was like, oh man, this is so serious. This is so serious. And then it just keeps getting more serious every time, you know? And it's like, wonder like at what point people are just going to not think that an election is going to solve all their problems. Cause I just feel like everyone just has the same problems over and over again. And we're just like stuck in this crate. Like we're like hamsters in a wheel and like, we're like, Oh, I'm going to go take a walk along the Savannah. And I just get in a wheel and just start running in a circle. You know, I remember electing the same damn people. Yeah. I remember in high school, um, it was, it was like, I forget what play it was, but it was, I mean, you would have been there. Um, but you weren't there in this story. Um, I don't remember the chick, but she was a senior. I think I was a sophomore. And she was like, oh, my gosh, if George Bush doesn't win, I'm going to kill myself. And I, and she was, like, so overdramatic with the whole thing. And um, that was, honestly, as a sophomore in high school, that was the first time that I felt kind of like, you know, somebody. why was somebody so affected by who's going to be president, you know? And it's I, yeah. think it's, I think it's different for kids now because of social media, but like 
you know, when we were in high school without any social media, like we only had, we were only in touch with the local news or, you know, you know, national broadcasted news, which we, as kids, we don't watch that, you know? Um, and it's yeah. probably not something your, your family has on, you know, at family time, you know? Um, yeah. The first, the first presidential election I voted in, I don't know why, but I, I had to go to the building to do it. Like I wasn't going to be home for the election day. And yeah. I had to go do the old, the early voting, you know. I, I did it way before it was popular because it was the Bush. It was a Bush election. Was um, it Bush I Gore. I guess Clinton was the pre. You know, n- yeah. I guess it was it was Bush Gore. Yeah. So, so this was you would you probably would have been a senior. Um, and I showed up and I voted and I was just like, you know, I mean, I knew who I was going to vote for for president, but then I got there and I was like, who what the hell's all this other stuff on the ballot? They don't talk about they this don't tell stuff. you. They don't tell you any of this stuff. I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know what any of this stuff means. Yeah. Oh man. That's funny. Louisiana is crazy when it comes to that. Cause every, everything is just about these amendments. They keep trying to pass constitutional amendments. I know. And they don't make sense to a normal person. Like you have to read what they actually mean because they would they almost sound like the opposite of what they do most of the time. Right. Cool. Anyway, we Let's digress. Jump Let's jump in. All right, so we're gonna play a little game called Either or Will. Okay. I'm just gonna I'm gonna live in a fantasy world where I just say random things about who would you prefer in this position, and you just tell me who and why. Mm. You're down. I'm down. All right, President of the United States. I'm just going to start with the big one. Matt Ryan or Tom Brady? President of the United States. Oh, Tom, <laughs> you're gonna pick Tom Brady. You're going to pick Tom? You're going to pick Tampa Brady? Oh, yeah. Because of the swing state. You think he'll win Florida, and that's what will uh, swing it? No, no, no. I just like Tom Brady way more than Matt Ryan. Really? Yeah, I like that. That's I, just I, because... Well, let's just see what happens if Tampa Bay destroys the Saints Super Bowl's ambition. See how you feel about that, because Matt Ryan has destroyed that a few times. So let's see if let's see if Tampa does that one time, and, and if you still feel that way. I am hands down above anything else a Saints fan, but I'm not. We've we've talked about this. I'm not an anti Tom Brady. I like Tom Brady. I know, and I have a I have a bias against him. And, and you know smile. what? He 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 left New England, and I was really hoping that he was going to struggle. Um, as much as I do like him, I was hoping he was going to struggle because I do think he is, he's very good. He's very talented. I do think he's a slightly overrated. I don't think he's a God, right? Like everybody else thinks he is God's gift of football. I don't think that I just think he was put in a very good situation when he was there and he's proving me wrong now by playing pretty damn well. So yeah, good for him. I mean, I had no doubt. I, I had no doubt he was going to play well. Yeah. I All just right. don't like him. What's the next one? All right. Debate moderator. So, like, if we could have had a debate moderator of our choice, the two options are The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and don't be confused. I mean, actually, the character, The Rock, not actual Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, yeah, I got it. The character of The Rock to to moderate the debate. And uh, and then executive producer would be Vince McMahon. So, you just never know what will happen. And then, or Joe Rogan. So that it's funny that you mentioned the rock because as soon as you said moderator, I was like, I want Steve Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> that would actually be they could co-moderate Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. I, I think Stone Cold would do better than The Rock as a moderator. Well, but you know my favorite. 
My favorite thing that The Rock used to do, the the actual character The Rock, was he would ask someone a question that sounded like he cared, like, "Hey, do you have a birthday coming up? When's your yeah, birthday?" Right. Yeah. And then somebody would be like, "Oh, my birthday's in February. It's uh, gonna be really nice this year. I'm really looking forward." And he goes, "It doesn't matter what your birthday is." <laughs> <laughs> that was like my favorite. Thing. I could just imagine he'd be like. So, um, yeah, so uh, what is your plan for the economy, you know? And then just be like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> Everything out of your mouth is a poo-poo. <laughs> Lies. So, yeah, I think from, wait, so from moderator, you're giving me three choices? Uh, yeah, I just gave you two choices, The Rock and Joe Rogan. Of course, now that we're talking about him, a host of other options are coming to mind. Oh, like Zach. I thought you said oh, Vince like McMahon. The, Oh, I would say just saying Vince McMahon would be the executive producer. Oh, okay. Um, I'd probably go, in all honesty, I probably would go with The Rock over Joe Rogan. Um, Joe Rogan is uh, really good with his podcasts and stuff like that, but I I don't think he'd be very engaging as a uh, moderator. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. I actually, I would have preferred just the like, the candidates go on the Joe Rogan show. I would prefer Because I learned... I learned so much more about Bernie Sanders after I watched the interview and he became like a real person and cause he's always like yelling and stuff And like on the Joe Rogan podcast, he was just Bernie and I really got to understand what he stood for. Right. That's why I would never vote for him, but it just, but you know what I mean? Like at least I was like, okay, this guy's like explaining. Well, what one he, thing I think Joe Rogan's I totally good at understand is, it. Joe Rogan's good at humanizing people that you, you you can't grasp their humanity. You know what I mean? Like because of their, their celebrities or because they're politicians or, or whatever, you know what I mean? So I think Joe Rogan does a really good job of like showing you the human side of them, you know, cause he gives them the mutual respect. Yeah. Um, right, secretary of defense. Okay. Secretary of defense, Chuck Norris or Van Diesel. Vin Diesel. Van Diesel. Okay. Um, um, the old school kid in me wants to go with uh, Chuck Norris, and the adult inside of me does not want Vin Diesel. So I'm gonna go with Chuck Norris. Okay. Okay. I think he would. I think he would definitely send a message um, as Secretary of Defense. Um. All right. Either or. The director of the NSA. <laughs> The director of the NSA, uh, Zach, <laughs> Jack Dorsey or Mark Zuckerberg? Oh, Dorsey, hundred percent. I just don't. Like I just Zuckerberg. feel like. I, I just feel like yeah, Zuckerberg seems sort of like he could be an evil genius, but like Dorsey seems like the guy who just doesn't really know what's going on. You know no, what I mean? He's kind of like Dorsey, Dorsey is the evil genius. I feel like Dorsey's like you know in retrospect that seem yeah that seemed like a bad idea yeah. I'm definitely, that seemed like a bad idea we did there, you know? That's like his response. He's like, I could see how that could seem terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whereas Mark Zuckerberg is always kind of smug and like gives you like two-sided answers and he's like, F you while he's talking. You're like, anyway. Um, all right. Uh, last option, either or. Uh, the Pope, either or. Uh, if we just pick a new Pope, just uh, B16, just bring him back. Bring them back, uh, yeah. or any name out of a hat. We just take a hat, we just throw some names in there. Whoever comes out, new poop. Uh, and 
this is any name or is this any cardinal that is we would well technically we would put any eligible person to be pope which is actually any male catholic you don't even have to be ordained to be elected pope fun fact for those of you who like fun facts oh man i want to try i want to try being pope you could technically be elected pope they've elected popes that weren't ordained in the past they all turned out pretty terrible but um you know there's always a first one that could maybe turn it around. I would just try. You know, why not try? Um, um, I, yeah. I, no, they elected I, people and then they basically ordained them and then made them a bishop and all that like in the same week. Yeah. This is going to sound and really, really... I mean, this might sound bad, but you might as well bring back, you know, Benny 16 because he's probably not going to last that much longer as Pope. You know, so you just yeah. have a new Pope anyway. You know, I mean, he's, he's pretty old, you know. Yeah, but he's well, done it before, he... and he's not that he's quit before, but you know he stepped down, so like he he knows what it takes. It's just bring but... him back. It's just bring him back. I thought you were just gonna be like, I thought I thought your answer was gonna be no. We we stick with Francis. What's wrong with you? That but, wasn't um... that wasn't one of the options. It was either or. Well, it wasn't one of the options. However, yet at the same time, well, it was still one of the options, and you didn't take it. But hey, no point in going back in time now. Yeah. Uh, B sixteen. So are, well, let me ask you this. Let me open up this can of worms. Are you a Pope Francis fan? Um, I mean, I don't like dislike Pope Francis, but I do feel that he. Uh, hmm, what's the right word? I just feel like he's he's just he's not in control of the ship. Let's another topic for another show. That is a whole other show. Well, we're, we're supposed to be talking about the state of elections in the U.S. An exciting, yeah. terribly like. Uh, distraught topic in yeah. fact what we what we really wanted to talk about was really more of just like the uh, some stuff about elections but really about the pro-life uh concepts yeah. and so many uh well, let's, christians let's keep moving forward then because, tied with uh, that because i'm a i'm a francis fan so uh that'll be a really good show all right what, what you got yeah next? that could be a that could be a great show i mean i'm a fan of them too like i'd love to have a beer with them you know go hang out with them yeah just don't want them steering the ship that I'm trying to ride on. Mm. All right, so mm. here we go. So uh, voting pro-life in 2020. Okay, before we do that, I'm just going to talk real quick. Okay, so you know in Louisiana, and I know other states, some states ban the nickname, but my, I'm curious to you how you feel about nicknames on a ballot because the reality is, and we all do it, we go into a voting booth, and we're reading, you know, we know like the big elections, like senator or congressman, you know, mayor, you know, governor. And then all of a sudden you're like voting on like the constable for the 12th district of somebody's area. And you're like, what? I like you voting for the coroner in New Orleans. Like, I'm like, am I, I should not be picking the coroner, the dude that deals with dead bodies. Like, why am I like, like I shouldn't, I'm not, should not be asked this question. Like I'm not. Like in any way prepared to decide who should be the one organizing all the dead bodies in the New Orleans. Well, it's not even just so, organizing the dead bodies. It's like the coroner's report on like how people die and stuff like that. Yeah, like you know? it's really important. I'm like, do you yeah, have to apparently? Do you have to be a doctor be to be a coroner, or can you just be elected coroner? I think you can be elected coroner, but like you don't even have to be like a medical doctor. That's what I'm trying to say. Some like, of the coroners, some of the coroners. Well, I knew a coroner. One of the corners was like a, um, but you see, one of the things the corner is in charge of is committing people. 
which is kind of a crazy thing, at least in New Orleans. I don't know everywhere else. But like if you needed to get someone committed, you had to go through the coroner's office, which is crazy. So the guy who was the coroner in New Orleans was actually more of a psychologist, but he wasn't a medical doctor. Mm. But he's still in charge of like, you know, the office that deals with dead bodies and, you know, autopsies and all that. It's just, I was like, there's no reason for me to be voting on this. Like, this is stupid. Somebody needs to change that. Anyway, but you go in there and there's always I mean judges. I don't I don't even I don't even feel right about voting for judges. Do ju- do you does everyone vote on judges or is that just Louisiana? Like I don't like why am I voting for the traffic judge? I feel like there should be some other like system that decides on who would be a good judge and not like who's got the who's got the friendly nickname, you know? Right. Bud. Right, right. You know? Nicholas Bud Wilson. Vote for him. He's your buddy. I mean it's like why what? Well, I, I, I don't. I mean, I I don't know these answers, you know. But if you don't go by your given name, right? You have, you know, like Bill Cassidy is is in quotes Bill Cassidy. You know, you can vote for Derek uh, Champ Edwards. Yeah, well, that's my point, though. Do you? I mean, so like. Do you, does it matter? Like to me, if your name's Bill Cassie and you go by Bill Cassie, then that's it. Like, why do you have to go William, quote unquote, Bill? Well, some of them, some of them actually look like, so I'm looking at a sample ballot from the uh, Louisiana's website, governor's, I mean, government website or whatever. And his just says in quotes, Bill and then Cassidy. So he doesn't even have William Bill Cassidy. Um, But there is a guy that is on the ballot um, in, I think my district and his name is Big John Mason. There you go. Big unquote John Big John Mason. And that I'm going to be honest with you when I look at this, I just want to vote for him cuz his name is Big John. You see, that's what I'm that's talking about. I mean, now if a nickname is particularly catchy. I mean, I'm going to say Big John's <laughs> catchy. But like if your name's just like so there's a guy on the ballot and I don't know if he's on your sample ballot, but he's on my ballot and I don't know if he's how local he is cuz we don't live that far apart. But his name is Matthew. My name is Matthew. And his name says Matthew, open quotes, Matt, close quotes, and then his last name. And I'm so offended by that. I was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Everyone knows that Matthew is, Matt is a nickname for Matthew. That would be like you putting William, open quotes, Will, close quotes. Like, really? Like, your name's... I mean, this doesn't really fit my point because I'm I'm seeing where this doesn't happen. But I'm wondering if on a ballot you have to put your legal name on the ballot, right? Well, if, apparently not. If your name's Big John, Big John Johnson, what no, was no, his no, name? I, it, Big John Mason, and that's what I'm saying. I'm it's kind of contradicting Mason. myself now, you know, because there's one right here that says Richard quote Richie Sanderson, and you're like, his name's Richie. I wonder if his real name is Mark. You know. <laughs> I don't know. It just it's just weird. Yeah. But I will say one name that I do get behind is a is our local uh elderman here in the town of Abita Springs. We live in a very small town here. Um the actual town itself and the a lot of the governance is a very small area, then there's a bigger kind of unincorporated area. Um but in our little town we have twelve uh eldermen that are part of what you would maybe call a city council of types. And um, the elderman, um, 
uh, make a lot of decisions and and help inform the mayor. Uh, Just so everybody knows, the, the city that Matt or the town that Matt lives in is a cult. Is a what? Is a cult. Is your a le- cult. Your leaders are eldermen. Well, they're they're called eldermen. I mean, I, honestly, if you ever see eldermen written, it's not that clear as to what that is. And I'm I just moved here, and I'm like. What the heck are all these people? And there were so many signs. I didn't realize there was 12 of them. So it was kind of like, dang, like how am I going to pick one? And they all came to my house. So I found this out, Will. If you register yourself as an independent, <laughs> turns out when people get the uh, get your information from town hall and they're running for office, they they target people who are not part of a particular party to try to win you over because you're independent. You know what I mean? Like you're not like yeah. Republican Democrat. So like it so everyone comes to your house and knocks on the door and tries to get you to vote for them. And I met everyone running for elderman in Abita Springs. Like 14, 15 people. And they all come at dinner time because they know you're not home during the day. Of course, jokes on them, I am home during the day. But anyway, they come during dinner time, which makes my wife just like livid. She's like, Oh my gosh, one of these people are walking up to the door and the dogs are barking and the kids are screaming. It's a, I mean, it is a crazy fiasco when someone knocks on the door uh, at seven o'clock or six o'clock in the evening. Like it's, it's a complete chaos. <laughs> anyway, um, I mean, thanks for COVID. Now at least the, the, the guy delivering food knows to just drop it on my porch and walk away. Don't ring the doorbell, just drop it on the porch and peace. So, um, anyway. I digress. So I was introduced to Elderman, uh, Stuart Eastman, who, uh, I, have you clicked the link in your uh, show notes there, Will, for the Facebook page of the only Green Party member uh-huh. of the government in Abita Springs? And so Easton came to my house. Uh, he was riding a three-wheeler. And mm. when I say three-wheeler, I don't want you to be confused with a motorized vehicle. This was a bicycle because he's part of the Green Party, so he's not going to contribute to global warming, of course. So he rides up in a, in a bicycle that is a three-wheeler bicycle. Yeah, I want to get one of those. Yes. He rolls up in that. The man has a white beard, a ZZ Top beard, total ZZ Top beard. Um, he's got a hat on of some kind that was very – I mean, I was so – uh, enthralled with this, his presence, this it was really hard. The picture that's on Facebook is this what he really looks like? Oh, that's that is really <laughs> what he looks like because that's because that I saw is not a ZZ top beard, he has full on mutton chops. He does have mutton chops, right? You're true, that it's not, it's not well kept, like <laughs> it's it, they separate, they separate in the middle for sure. And, um, anyway. So on his Facebook page, he has two very pictures that sum them up perfectly. One is him uh, in a, a in a Mardi Gras mask and some beads, completely yeah. wasted, uh, with a sash on that says "Sword of Fools," whatever the hell that means. Lord, probably of some. Fools. What does it say? Lord. Oh, Lord of 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 <laughs> fools. Some B, you know, second line or I don't know what it is. And then the other picture is him in front of City Hall holding two trash cans with a T-shirt tucked into his sweatpants and his sweatpants tucked into his socks. Yes. And that, my friends, is Stuart Many Lightnings Easton, a man who is uh, a man of mystery for sure. And his house is painted purple and gold. So He is wearing uh, uh, an Abita Springs shirt, though, T-shirt, though. Of course so. he is. Of course he is. So needless to say, it's the only Green Party member I've ever voted for. 
proud member of uh, a proud proud to support uh, Easton. He's actually running for constable in St. Tammany because little known fact, constables are actually capable of citate of citating people for litter and for actually uh, giving people tickets and fixing litter issues and enforcing um, issues like clutter and litter and in, even in your own front lawn. So he's actually running in order to actually enforce laws that apparently no constable ever actually enforces, uh, which is pretty respectable. It is totally him. I mean, this dude hands out free trees uh, at uh, the town market, you know, on, on Sundays. He'll just be out there handing out free trees for you to go plant in your yard. Mm. build a tree so anyway gotta say i so look if your middle name is something crazy and you and it fits you like if your name is many lightnings you need to there needs to be something extremely rememberable about your appearance you know when you get when you see you they remember you and that's many lightnings but if your nickname is something just like bucky or just something will or just if your nickname isn't even a real nickname like like it's a real nickname but you wouldn't put that on the ballot if everyone knows you as bill just put bill smith like you don't need to put your like first real name and then bill in parentheses like right right, right. i don't know i just it just seems so stupid and then we got so many so i actually judge people I mean, not on policy of any kind, but I'll just judge people <clears throat> just upon how they do their nicknames. And it probably makes me a terrible voter, but... Well, if that's the do. case, would you vote on somebody based on the name of their party? Yes. Good. So would you vote for somebody who represents the birthday party? I'm going to have to say it would depend on the... It would depend on the office. But <laughs> and can you uh, guess who the presidential candidate is for the birthday party? Uh, yeah, in fact, I can. Is none other than everyone's famous uh, music artist Kanye West. Yes, and he's yeah. on the ballot in Louisiana. He is. I'm looking at it right now. Kanye. Did West, you watch the episode? The it just. Did you watch the podcast with Joe Rogan? It just dropped uh, this week. I I have not seen it yet. I've only watched part of it. The part I watched is really like intense and subdued. So I don't know if he gets a little more. I mean, Kanye's kind of a, a serious dude. He's always been sort of like serious, you know? Yeah. And like, there's, he's like, there's intense a good, there's a good interview. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. But I'm just saying, like, he's like that intense and deep type person, which is interesting. But yeah. like, when you're running, if you want to run for office, obviously he knows he's not going to win. But if you're running for like office, office, um, you know, you have to be able to bullshit like a, a, a decent amount. In fact, most of what you say has to be bullshit because you would just never, you'd never make it. Like you have to pretend like you even know what you're talking about most of the time. And that's basically politics. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're not going to do 75% of what you say. You just have to say certain things and that's the rigmarole. I mean, right, right. And people believe it. I mean, they, <coughs> they really do. Like, I mean, when you, if you really look back, on the differences between someone like George Bush and Obama. And you really look at it from like a philosophical level. You're going to see that there's like almost no difference. <laughs> there really is no difference. Uh, as well, far as just economic on policy. what they actually get done. Um, yeah, right, right. Like yeah. what actually happens? Like, 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 you know, Wall Street gets rich and the banks get rich and, Poor people get screwed and they get a little help, but not that much. And 
The only people that always make it out of any disaster, any terrible thing, we always keep having more war. I mean, it's like that is the MO. And you really look at it, there's very little difference between these people. You know, right. and, and, and and even Clinton. I mean, Clinton was the same way. I mean, it's like it's so funny. You look at it nowadays, and immigration is such a big issue. And yet Obama actually ran on toughening up the border, you know, and stopping illegal immigration. And, and to this day, Obama has much more has more deportations on record than Trump does. But you would think that Trump was like this totally terrible person because he enforced you know, the border and was like deporting people and preventing people from coming to the country, which, I mean, that's what he promised to do more of. And that's what he's tried to do. But like to this day, you know, if you compared it to what Obama did, Obama did worse. I mean, you know, as far as just deporting people that were caught. So these are like people that were caught trying to catch the border and they were just sent back. No trial, no whatever. And um, anyway, but regardless of all that, I mean, just to say, you know, that, I mean, the wars, I mean, Obama's, especially during the financial crisis, I mean, you know, people remember the housing boom in Louisiana. We kind of skipped it because of Katrina, because we were all recovering from Katrina and there was a sort of different atmosphere here. But when the markets crashed and the banks were crashing because they wrote all these terrible loans, um, what they did was they foreclosed on all the people who should have never been given those loans who were set up to fail by the banks. And uh, the government, led by Obama and the Democrats, bailed out the banks. They all got million-dollar bonuses that year. Um, the banks were perfectly fine. They survived. Every, all the poor people, everyone that was foreclosing on their house, they all got kicked out of their houses and had to file bankruptcy and their credit ruined. So that's what happened to the regular people, but the rich people made it out. Right. That's the perfect example to me of just what brought us someone like Trump. You know, I mean, you just keep doing the same thing over and more war. Every person that's been elected since we started wars in the Middle East has been on like ending wars. You know, Obama said he was going to end the wars. He started more wars. He started more military conflicts all over the place. It's like Trump's the first president to not actually start a new conflict in our entire lifetimes, a new military conflict somewhere. And it's kind of funny we don't, you know, people talk about war and just like how ridiculous it is that we just bom- like we just randomly send guns to a country and like, hey, go kill all your enemies. Like, how is that not considered the most heinous of war crimes? You right. know, we did we've done that in hundreds of countries. We just pick a random group of people and we drop off tons of weapons. We're like, hey, when you guys win, call us up. We'll be your friends. You know, and those weapons kill lots of people. Then they get in the hands of other people that kill other people. In fact, almost every war we've been in, from Korea to Vietnam to to um, Afghanistan, though, are are guns that we made, we sold to someone that are now being shot at us, and we're shooting at them. Right. You know what I mean? Like we're just like proliferating violence around the globe by selling weapons everywhere, and then you know it's like it's just. It's just crazy, you know, and then like this idea of like, we're going to go topple a government, we're going to we're going to like take over a government and then rebuild the country and then try to make a fake government in our own image and likeness and then just try to walk away slowly. Like, like who invented that method of like, you know, it's like to me and then this is going to be controversial, but we should talk about controversial things. Well, to me, if you invade a country 
and you take over that country, like to me, you just destroy that person's government it is now your responsibility to be the government. You know, like you, you are now responsible for these people. You need to give them jobs and livelihood. You need to tax them. You need to take care of them. You need to give them purpose, purpose and mission. You have to protect their, uh, sovereignty and or 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 bring them into your own sovereignty as a country and care for the people like i mean to me that's your moral obligation once you've conquered them i'm not saying it's your moral obligation to conquer another person but at that moment you've just destroyed someone's entire government like you should like build i i don't know and i just i just find the whole thing really disturbing because from a like a pro-life and Christian standpoint, I'm just like, it's just more of the same. Every Both political parties, the two-party system, they believe in the same thing. At the end of the day, they take care of their donors. They, get ter- they take care of big businesses. Um, they, talk again, they talk different, but in the reality, they do the same things, and they always create more war, more conflict around the globe. And... Like it's That's... it's crazy to and I I feel like this is really the issue that we have here is that the lack of term limits is a huge issue, um, because you're not gonna find change when people have the same option to vote for the same people, and hey nothing really bad happened you know but I'm gonna vote for this person because it's the only person that I can vote for right, and so you don't really see any kind of change or new ideas you know, coming. It's like, how long have we heard about Nancy Pelosi? Like that? Yeah. You know, that's all she is, is just a political person. I mean, her, her entire career is politics. And that, that's Same me, with Joe Biden. Well, I mean, it's just, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, but it just blows my mind, you know, and it's the same with all the Republicans. You know what I mean? Like, like I saw this YouTube video that pulled up in my suggestions and it was, I don't know, like a year, like a video from a year ago, but it just popped up, but it was on Ted Cruz. And I'm like, why is Ted, why are we still talking about Ted Cruz in politics? You know, <laughs> it's like we have these lifelong politicians that just like fight each other and fight each other and fight each other. And it's so bad now because it's, you're not allowing any fresh thought in there. And, and, well, you know, Ted Cruz actually is the only one of the very few people that actually passed. Or he created legislation for term limits, but it didn't go anywhere, obviously, because the people that are going to be term limited would have to vote for it. And they're like, I'm not voting myself out of this sweet, sweet ass job. Yeah. So, you know, it's just it's, it's funny that, you know, these people are elected to represent us. And they are held to such a high esteem and they can do, quote unquote, do no wrong. And they can pass bills that benefit themselves more than benefit their constituents. And they can vote on, like, they have the right to vote on their salaries and their benefits and their pensions and stuff like that, you know? Oh, my gosh. And they get paid for life, which is insane. And I just feel like in 2020, I I feel like there should be a standard where you go. It's a pain in the ass, but you, you do it for your driver's license. You know, where you need to go and you need to go get registered to vote. And it's a legal card document. It can be digital. You know what I mean? But you actually went someplace and you got your card, right? It's got all your information on it. 
every four years or so in between election cycles, maybe you have to go and you have to get it renewed or you can't vote. You know what I mean? But you can do it all online. And I, I feel like everything should be not as dumbed down as a Facebook poll, but, you know, everything should come down to a digital election encrypted beyond belief. And it, everything should be popular vote. I, I, I think that's that's the way it should be voted. So tell me real quick what you mean by what was the purpose of the voter having to renew their like voter card just for voter fraud. Is it to make sure that, is it to make sure that they vote or no, no, no. It's just to make sure that they are able to vote within this country. Cause you don't want Joe blow. Who's not part of this country voting. Right. So you, you oh, would have a, you, so you'd have a you unique need, identifier. You want only verified voters that can verify their identity. Right. Right. Vote. So you do it one time you go to the DMV and while you're going to renew your license, you also do your voter card and it's attached to your, your ID. Right. I mean, that, that's all I'm saying. You know, so you're not a fan of the Electoral College. Not at all. I feel I, a rabbit hole. I feel a rabbit hole coming on, Will. And I don't know if you want me to go down it because we can go down. it. We I mean, could talk all day. We could talk all day about the Electoral College. So here's the here's the bottom line. Right. Uh, we're both Catholic. Right. And we're, we, we both would vote per our faith and we're both pro-life. Right. So the bottom line is if you're Catholic, you need to vote pro-life. All right. Go down a rabbit hole and we'll jump back to the pro-life topic if we have time no we should stay on the pro-life topic because i mean honestly like regardless of the i mean the only thing i was gonna say isn't so much about electoral college which i am a great fan of but that's besides the point the thing that i was going to say was you know when you were talking about term limits and all that and how like these these people aren't voting according to their interest i want to just blow your mind well you probably know this but it blew my mind did you know that there originally senators were not elected by the people of their were not elected directly by the people they were actually elected by the congress of the state the state congress just elected who would go represent us in washington dc as their senator and it got changed over to the popular vote of a state which changed the whole dynamic of a senator because senators are really powerful there's only two for every state and um, and all of a sudden it became a popularity contest. So if you just threw enough money behind a particular person, you know, a particular industry or business, threw enough money around one person, they would just be able to get that person elected um, and sent up to, to D.C. to do their bidding. Opposed to, you know, when you do your local representative, our two local representatives, well, who are representatives in Congress? One of them is Steve Scalise, right? Our, our representative in Congress. Do you know someone that knows Steve Scalise? I don't know anybody that knows Steve Scalise. Have you ever seen him around town or been in the same area as him or know anyone that like just no. interacts with him? No. I don't even know what he looks like. Well, I know people that know him. I know like how yeah, I've seen him places. Yeah. He went he graduated from our high school, by the way. Uh-huh. I know that. Jackass. Uh, oh, you do know that? Yeah, but I, I, well, you besides know, that, I don't you, know anything about him. I've never seen him. <laughs> I've never seen him at Rummel. Well, yeah, went, I've I seen. Well, for, I mean, I've seen him around town, and I know people that know him. But my point is, is that in a in, in if you when you lo, when you elect local congressmen, there's a high probability that you know someone that knows that person. You could at least drive by their house. 
you know where they went to school because you know people that went to school there. I mean, you know, they're your local, they have to live in your area. And so if you know enough people, you'll know someone that knows them. The problem with senators is there's only two per state, which means that the majority of the people will not know someone that knows them, which means that that person just by nature will be less connected to the people he's representing just because he's not possible to know them all. But if you were but the people whose job it is to go to to go to the state Congress and to and to do that work on behalf of us, if they were to elect a senator, they would elect someone who could pull the right political capital to benefit Louisiana, you know, and those people would have to decide to do that. And so the idea is that you can the power control is closer to the people. The people get to change out the people who get to make the biggest effect up top, you know. And I feel like, by letting senators be voted on by the popular vote, you sort of killed that power dynamic and you created two worlds. You created the senator world and the House of Representative world, and you've allowed those to be different, you know, because in big cities and other places you can just elect one party and then, but the whole state can end up electing a different party. And I don't know. So I feel like that is really part of the, the power dynamic. The, the House of Representatives were elected by the popular vote in the places where these people live because we know people that know these people and we're best equipped to decide if those people are going to do stuff in our best interest. And then as you go, well, they could, I mean, who says that they, that all of them don't, I mean, you, if you had this, if you had to pick a body of Congress that least represented the needs of people, I think you would say the Senate is, is the least out of touch with people. Um, I would think the House of Representatives is usually where things quell up, you know, whether you're progressive or conservative or the the most, I call them fringy, you know, but the movements that start to grow, grow in the House of Representatives because there's so many more people. So just like our little group, I mean, you look at something like the Tea Party movement or uh, other or things like Bernie Sanders and progressive movement. They, they swell up from little areas and they're able to elect a person who's going to go in there and mix things up and represent their particular beliefs more than someone like a senator, you know, who is, you know, got to, he's elected by so many people and it just, I don't know. It, you know, the thing that frustrates me the most is how much money that people can spend on elections. It's so obnoxious. I mean, oh, we could oh, oh, wait, wait, all wait, get, wait, 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 sorry, wait, sorry. Wait. <clears throat> Don't just hijack to a whole nother topic. <clears throat> electoral college. Sorry. Why are if, you going back to electoral college? Because that's what we were talking about. Okay. If if the most people in the United States vote one way, but because of the electoral college, they don't win that vote. How does that make any sense? That's what I don't understand. Well, first of all, you have to at being a state and being a united country of states. States are responsible for taking care of themselves and putting that responsibility on the federal government. Um, and as we've all done too much, I think is part of the problem. Like the people in DC shouldn't be determining who gets food stamps in Louisiana or who Agreed. gets government assistance. Okay. The, I mean, like a uh, quality of life, what jobs are available, what opportunities people really have, who's going to enforce fraud. That's all happening on the state level. So the federal government isn't is ill-equipped to do these things, you know? And so more things need to come to the, the state level. And states need to be responsible 
more for themselves um, and taking care of stuff. And so I think that, you know, by so the by electing a president that is supposed to be over these, that, you know, supposed to help on the federal side um, over these states, you know, if I mean, the reality is, is if you got rid of the electoral college, then people would only basically try to win New York and California. And a few other little places. I mean, you know, they wouldn't even, they would never go to Iowa. You know, they would never step foot in Kansas. They would hell never come to Louisiana or Mississippi or Alabama or any of the other little states, Kansas. I mean, they already, they literally, they literally call it flyover country, uh, which is just in itself the most, I don't know what you would want to call that. I don't know if you would call it racist or you would call that just, Uh, elitism i don't know whatever you call it but my point is is that like you know whereas the reality is is that the majority of the states that are in this 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 country commune this constitutional uh, republic um, the majority of these states would not be taken care of it would only be a small minority of the states and i mean the president's power i mean the president's number one job is to just keep us safe from foreign enemies i mean you know it's like and execute uh, and help execute, you know, certain laws that are passed by the Congress. I mean, it's same with the courts. I mean, think about it. It's like the courts are supposed to just enforce whatever laws Congress makes. It's like Congress doesn't make laws and they, they don't do anything. And so they try to make the courts do it or they try to make the president do it through executive order. And the reality is, is that, no, you pass the laws. You're the ones that aren't doing your job. You can't figure out how to pass something through the two houses that's on you, you know what I mean? And they, and we just keep putting more and more emphasis on the federal level when we really should be doing it the other way around, you know, yeah. put more emphasis on the local level. So that's why I feel like the electoral college is the one balancer that keeps the country from flipping to just being completely one-sided as far as its interest and taking care of only like a handful of states and, you know, basically creating a... Um, Oh, an, an oligarchy, which I mean, technically already exists, but you know, I think with social media, I think we've we have also proven that it's capable that people of lesser means are capable of winning. I mean, just just look at the last election. You know, Hillary Clinton spent almost a billion dollars, just her, and that's not including her super PACs. Uh, and Trump spent like half of that. He spent like five hundred million, which is still an obnoxious amount of money, but he spent half of what Hillary spent. And still managed to become the president despite all odds, you know. And so, while that's still an obnoxious amount of money, um, it's still a reality check that money doesn't actually buy elections, even though right. money probably does to a certain extent. But you can you can get in there, especially on the congressional level, you know, and local government. You can get in there just with social media and a good message, you know, that resonates. But um, I don't know, but it, it's so frustrating because you do your best to try to make informed decisions, but we're just at this point now where to like, I mean, to make an informed decisions means you would talk to both sides as if both sides have credible things to say and talk about it. Nowadays, just that statement would be like a hate crime in some places. You could lose your job for just saying, you know, well, I mean, like, you know, Trump has some really great points. I mean, people voted him in office and we should really like look at some of the things he said and why it's so appealing. I mean, just saying that in some parts of the country could literally get you fired from your job. I mean, that's how polarized we are. Like if you just, you know, 
people, it's not enough to just say, well, I disagree with that guy. I think this guy would be better. It's like, no, that guy's a criminal. He's a warmongering, hateful person who's like, should be in, killed on the street at first sight. You know, and it's like, if you don't feel that way about either party, then you're part of the problem, you know? I don't know. I told somebody that, that they didn't have to, that they could vote for a third party person. And someone literally blew up on me just to say that, like, uh, oh, it was my white privilege to say that you could vote for a third party because people in real need, you know, uh, can't vote for a third party because they rely on these politicians for their livelihood. And I'm just like, and I was just like, dude, like the ignorance to think, and it's not that person, but it's like all people, like the biggest voting block in the United States of America right now is independents and people that don't vote. Mm-hmm. The minority, less than 50% of the entire population is listed as a Democrat or Republican. And there's a whole crap load of people that voted for both Obama and Trump, right? And those millions of people that voted for Obama and that voted for Trump, all right, those people are also registered as either Democrat or Republican, but they're willing to vote clearly for Obama and they're willing to vote for Trump. And so you actually have, you take those people and add it in, You've got, you've got the minority driving the ship. You've got Democrats and Republicans driving the ship. And the vast majority of people are actually more of a third party. They're either or, they're, they're mixed, they're some on this side, some on that side, they're more moderate. I mean, there's a whole host of issues there, you know, but yet we, we, still, we still perpetuate this like oh that's a throwaway vote if you vote for Kanye West or the birthday party and it's like it's not a throwaway vote you know well, you can the, vote the, for the problem the problem is that there's 13 presidential nominees on our ballot in Louisiana so yeah when you look at it you see democrat you see republican you see libertarian and then you see other for every everyone else so really it only but looks how like do there's you, two people i mean three. but you know if there was a vote and that said, they would like to have seen Joe Jorgensen, for example, on the debate stage. I mean, everyone would have wanted that. I, I don't know anyone, unless someone who is completely impartial. I mean, like someone who's just a diehard right. one party or well, another. The, the problem is but that I mean, the entire country relies on, like media-wise, relies on the two-party fight, you know? Well, you know, the last time, I mean, when, when Ross Perot ran, I mean, Ross Perot mixed, I mean, that I mean, a lot of people blame that on how uh, George Bush won. But I mean, like, Ross Perot got a, got a large percentage of the vote. I don't remember what it was, but it was something, I, he might have been the most successful third-party candidate of all time. But we're, we live in a world where third-party candidate is, is game on. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you know, um, the unit, have you ever heard of the unity ticket? I believe. So uh, Brett Weinstein, Weinstein, I don't know if it's Steen or Stein, I don't know. But anyway, but Brent Weinstein and a, a few other people they came up with this concept of the unity ticket, which they would pick like two highly capable people, one that could, you know, basically like, a, you know, for lack of a better term, one Republican, one Democrat, who are both very like intelligent, capable type people who would uh, who would come up with this idea of governing together and they would run for president and they would say, look, our promise to you is that we decide everything together. We talk about every decision and even though I'm the president, he's the vice president, 
We're, we're co-equals on this. We're going to work together. And whenever we disagree and there's just no, you know, whatever, then whoever's president will make the final decision if we have to. Um, and that they would run for the four years and then for the next term they would flip and the other guy would be president, the other guy would be vice president and they would flip back. So they could technically do this for 16 years, you know? Right. Um, so that was his idea. And so he started floating that out. Of course, he got banned from Twitter. So uh, he literally got banned from Twitter. He didn't even have actual candidates, but he got banned from Twitter for having this account and this idea and talking about third party and a unity ticket. And I mean, literally, they were they actually were in talks with, I think, Andrew Yang and uh, William McRaven trying to get them to consider a ticket. Uh, William McRaven is like some military, you know, like kind of lifelong military guy who's like the chancellor of some school in Texas or something. I don't know. Right. But he's a he's a really smart dude, but he's been in military his whole life. And he's kind of like the Republican moderate type person. Um, anyway, so I don't know. I mean, it's just we just live in a crazy world, man. And the censorship thing and the just do the vile that he this is the thing. What do you think people are going to do? Like, I feel like if Biden wins, like, like, people are just going to like, like, I, I feel like I know what the acceptance will be. You know what I mean? Oh, Trump will bitch and moan about some stuff. They'll take some stuff to court. But at the end of the day, it's just, it's just a done deal, right? Yeah. But if Trump wins again, I really feel like there's just some people because they live in this echo chamber and they just like, they only listen to certain types of news and they just have no clue and what life is like outside of their little world, that they will literally just lose it. I mean, they would just lose their mind. Because if you if you only watch like MSNBC or CNN, you would literally think that Trump was like a was like a second Hitler. I mean, you know what I mean? Like just murdering people, kidnapping people, taking think kids from their families, destroying companies, like spreading. You don't COVID. think it's the same way with uh, with the right side? With talk no. radio and all that stuff? No, no, it's not. It's no? not. No, uh. no. I mean, I mean, they might think that a socialist like Bernie Sanders is crazy because he wants to be a socialist and socialism fails everywhere. But no one's trying to claim that Bernie Sanders is like a, you know, a criminal that needs to be in prison. Like, there's never been a single time where like Rush Limbaugh or some Fox News anchor wants to claim that Bernie Sanders with, should they be. Did, they did with Hillary. Well, but that's because Hillary's a criminal mastermind. Well, I'm, if she just, wouldn't I'm have just, dead bodies in her wake and I'm a whole saying. host of crazy, <laughs> crazy. I mean, you don't you don't bleach your servers uh, with well, they're doing, professional. They're doing, it with, they're doing it now with Joe Biden, though. It's crooked Joe. It was right. crooked well, Hillary. I now mean, it's crooked Joe. But if you do crooked things, people are going to think you're crooked. The thing is about Joe Biden's crookedness, and Donald is Trump's that, never done anything crooked. Nobody's. I mean, who said Donald Trump hasn't done anything crooked? I'm just saying that both sides do it. That's my whole my, my whole point. Is yeah, that but there's a big difference. Sides. Yeah, but well, I, I know, but I know what you're saying. But it's like, first of all, it's like there's just a big difference between the two. Like Joe Biden, like his his crookedness is exactly the reason that people voted for Obama, then realized that Obama was complete fake. Be honest. I mean, you know, he's a nice guy, you know, he's got a good personality and all that. It's nothing against him. I'd love to be on his bowling team one day or something. But I mean, it's like, it's like, 
as a president, he didn't, I mean, he was so, he was such a sellout. Everything he ran on, uh, I never, I, I saw him talk in Denver and I never forget it. I was, I was floored. He said the phrase, uh, borrowing money from China to pay for things we can't afford and not balancing our budget is unpatriotic. He ran on balancing the budget and that we were spending too much money and borrowing money from China was was lessening our, our security. We were selling jobs overseas. I mean, that was literally his, his line. And he wanted to stop immigration at the border and he wanted to increase manufacturing jobs. I mean, these were like the things that he would say. And that's literally what Trump said. Now, granted, they said it a lot of other things very differently, you know, but those and end the wars. These wars were unjust. We shouldn't be there. We got in over our heads. We we're going to be there forever. We need to just bring it home, you know? And he said the same thing. So did Trump, but you can see we're still in all the same countries we were before. Same like we were, you know, with Obama. So you just kind of see how hard it is for people to be, I mean, to be who they say they're going to be, you know, and to just, I don't know, I got, I got down the rabbit hole, but I mean, my point is, is that there's a big difference between, you know, that, that corruption like Biden has, you know, with like his son sitting on a board. I mean, that is how almost every person in Washington does it when they retire or they lose an election, they get jobs that pay them six figures where they show up once or twice a year and they sit on a board. I mean, I, I, I sit on a board. I mean, I didn't get paid for it, but I mean, I sat on a board of trustees for, for a group. You yeah. meet two or three times a year. But these corporate, there's literally corporations set up just to put influential people on there. And they get paid six figures. They come and meet two or three times a year to be like on this board of trustees. And they don't do anything. And this is how the, ba- you know, it's like when I remember when they questioned Joe Biden, you know, his answer was so. The political answer, like, I have never accepted money from a foreign government. It's like, wow, that's not even what you're being claimed to have accepted. You are being claimed that you're accepting equity in a company through your family members that you can later cash in on. I mean, that's literally by a private company, not a foreign government. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like he's parsing his words on purpose, you know, because that's how you play the game. And it might not be illegal. It's just highly corrupt, and most people find it abhorrent, which is part of why everyone hates politics. But, you know. Um, I just feel like everybody, uh, everybody, I feel like both sides do it. And I feel like they do it equally. And I feel like they bash each other equally. And uh, I don't think one side is any better than the other in, in doing things, especially in recent yeah. years. Well, yeah. I feel like I feel like when it comes to cancel culture, I mean, both sides bash both sides for sure, and they both they both hyperbolize what the other person believes, and you know, create straw men and all like, that. You know, stuff. you know what they don't talk about? But, they don't talk about George Bush and Barack Obama after the election. I mean, after George Bush left the White House. I mean, after Barack Obama left the White House. Um, and they they don't they don't talk about Bill Clinton and George Bush's relationship after George Bush left the White House, and. Um, and it, it's it's funny because there's been some interviews that George Bush has done, um, and, and and they'll ask questions, and it's 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 either like it's either just old age and like I just don't really care anymore, or they they come to a realization that everybody isn't as evil as their party portrays them to be, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, like I, they play. They now play there's always that. exceptions to the rule because I definitely think there was some really shady stuff with Hillary. I mean, absolutely hands down. I'm, there's no defense to the left. I'm just saying to sit here and point the finger that the left and the, the media does all this stuff, and and I just look at it and I'm like, man, I I get sick to my stomach as a as a like. I stopped listening to talk radio because I just got so sick because all it was was bashing, but they never they never called themselves out on the BS that they did, you know? And that and I and I started to get, you know, sick to my stomach over it because it was like it's so lopsided and it's 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 sickening. And so now you have everything with social media where people can just put whatever they want out there. It it just blows my mind. I I, I don't know. I can't uh I'm I'm I I feel like we need a president that is not Republican nor Democrat. And I mean the only I mean this is the I mean and I feel like this is the time for that to happen. I mean it could happen. But likely the person would probably be from one of those parties, but they would just have to run against their own party. Um right. you know, because that's just the reality of the situation we live in. But um Which is sad. but I mean it could happen. You know, I mean, and I think people would would actually like that. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the crazy, I mean, just think about it, like the, in the Democratic, um, you know, uh, primary, the least popular person ended up winning. I mean, <laughs> you know, all the popularity was spread out through all the other candidates. And then when Bernie Sanders pulled ahead of everyone else, they realized the only way to win was to consolidate. And, um... That's what I mean. That's what Obama did. I mean, Obama came in and got everyone to consolidate around Joe Biden because it was either that or Bernie Sanders. And apparently, Bernie Sanders was not acceptable to Democratic Party again. So um, anyway, I I just think that the concept of the cancel culture is is a true it's a true plague on humanity. Like it's a true I don't know if you'll call it like evil or diabolical thing, but it's like when I get to the point where I disagree with you on a policy on how I think a government should run, but then I think that your your ability to provide for your family or exist in our world or even be part of our country is now thrown away because right. you believe something different than what I believe. I mean, that is that is a true, just awful thing. I don't even know what you call it. It's just... I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, and I, and I feel like that... That is a that is a big part, and that's and that's of course what I meant or what I mean by, you know, everyone villainizes the other person, but there's only there's very I, I've never in in my experience heard anyone on uh, as far right as you can go uh, try to just get somebody to like lose their job. Right. I mean, it's just like like destroy their life, you know, make sure they can't provide for their family, get them kicked out of their house, like. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just not a a rally cry um, like it is in, in mainstream left. It's not far left. It's just like basic I mean, people just get, lose their jobs. All, like, like the, the left in general, like Democratic left, they're like firing their own people. Like, you know, it's not even like they're firing like people who they find out are Trump supporters. They're like firing people from like the, the the New York Times and the Post and all these places. They're like firing people because they're just like moderate, you know, or they just, you know, want to report a story honestly on the facts. And you know what I mean? And they're not going to be censored. And, and because they don't agree, they end up getting 
uh, fired, you know, and stuff like that. And people just, I, I don't know, that kind of stuff to me is truly awful. And like just the idea of like you wanting to deplatform people and to limit free speech. I mean, the idea that like college campuses are places where they protest uh, certain ideas being taught or discussed or debated, you know, right. I mean, that just gives you the, ex- the, the clearest example of how far we've fallen from society. Like college is the one place where ideas are to be nurtured and talked about and debated. And, you know, when you try to deplatform people, all you do is push them into the shadows and you create this subculture that can't talk to this side of the world. So they talk in secret. They can't be on YouTube anymore. So now they have to talk on this other platform. And so now you've removed them and anyone on YouTube can't interview somebody who's now been deplatformed. So they can't even be challenged or talked about or like there's no dialogue anymore. And so you people who become extreme become more extreme, you know, because you've taken them out of the realm of the dialogue, you know. Um, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm worried. I mean, I, I make light of it. I mean, you know, we live in a we live in a, a city that is like the least likely to riot of all cities, even though anything could happen. But I mean, you know, we're, we're pretty chill people. Yeah. But, um, you know, if I was living in any kind of big city, I would not be there. Um, election night for, for damn sure. Yeah. I would get the hell out of Portland. I don't, I don't even know. I mean, they might just riot regardless of who wins. <laughs> they might not even know why they're rioting. Just people are just burning crap down, and you're just like, let's burn it. Yeah, it's just a mob mentality. So we went to, um, you know, this past week, we went to isidewith.com. <clears throat> it's a place where you can go, and you can uh, you answer a whole bunch of questions. And if you go into greater detail, you get a lot more specific uh, results and basically you're going through and you're picking um you know stuff that has to do with the economy and stuff that has to do with uh, foreign affairs and and things that have to do with the environment and and uh economic issues and whatnot and so you're going in and you answer these questions and then there's a little say the say the website again will yeah i side with dot com i i side with dot com i was really impressed with how in-depth these questions were to be honest yeah. So, and I went in and I decided, you know what, I'm going to answer as many as I could. And I spent about 25 minutes answering these questions and they're not hard to answer. If you don't know the answer, you can leave it blank. Um, and I still haven't answered them all. And I just wanted to see like, who do I line up with the most? And so I sent it over to Matt. Um, so my question to you, Matt is like, it tells you who you align with the most, right? Yes. And then this is going to prove my theory of what's the point type deal because there's only a two-party system, period. No matter how many third parties are on the ballot, how many people are going to actually vote for the people that they align with the most, right? So for me, um, I was actually surprised that Joe Biden, I align with Joe Biden 67%. And it's probably all of my Catholic answers. And I didn't wait any of my answers saying one was more important than the other, which maybe I should go back and do because that'll probably bring him a lot lower. Um so, for example, for me, the, the biggest the biggest uh, way I vote is on a pro-life options, um, on the pro-life ticket, if you will. Um, and if, I bet you if I would have weighted that as the, my most important, Joe Biden wouldn't, wouldn't even be on the list. Um, but <laughs> Donald Trump, I aligned with 62%. But Joe Biden, I aligned with 67%. And I'm looking at yours, and you aligned with Donald Trump at 86% and Joe Biden at 8%, I think. 
Yeah, um, pretty low down there. Well, actually, yeah. I actually aligned with Joe Jorgensen eighty-seven percent of the time. Yeah, so one percent more than Donald Trump. And I did Joe Jorgensen and Brian Carroll both. I aligned with the most, but Brian Carroll is. Uh, I just don't think he has any real experience. I don't with even world know policies. I don't even know who the hell Brian Carroll is. I, I I did a little bit of research on him, and I so the American Solidarity Party is a Christian political party, and um, I, pretty much that's all I got past. You know, I mean that I didn't get any further past that in my research. All I see is next to his name on this website, so they show you your results, right? And they show you your candidate. And I don't know if that, I think that maybe is why, I think the the names underneath them is why you, like why you're, like the reason why they're that percentage. So him, he's 57%, it says humility, whatever that means. So maybe like, however I answered, I yeah. valued someone who was humble or capable of taking uh, criticism or something. And maybe that's why he was that high. And then it says lack of foreign policy experience. I don't know if they're just like saying that. Or if maybe that's why he's low on my well, list is because so I if said, you keep going in with your questions, it'll actually come up and say what they voted on or what they selected for their answers, and so maybe your answers and his just shows that he has a lack of foreign policy experience. Um, maybe he skipped over some of the questions, or maybe he just said he's indifferent or something. I I don't I don't know. Undermine it says something differently. Undermine for him it says big government, um, isolationism, tender, <laughs> left wing, and pacifism. So that's that was his. But interesting. The person that I aligned with more that I thought I would going into this vote was Joe Jorgensen, which I got seventy four percent alignment with. Um. So. Anyway. Um, but the question is, when you go to the polls, do you write down the person you align with most or do you align with one of the two parties? Well, I think part of the issue is how you weight the things you align with. Because while I don't, you know, I'll give you an example of something that probably I'm a huge minority on. And I don't think that the federal government should have almost anything to say with how education is given to uh, kids. I don't think they should determine what's being taught in class. They should have no control over. I think deep down know, inside, education. majority of Americans would agree with that. If, if Maybe they, so. If if they knew I mean, what they were, like talking about, yeah, I because I'm with yeah, you on and that I mean, one. and I and I have no problem with trying to create a system that allows every kid to be educated, but there is an inherent problem when you let, um when you let a centralized state or government control what kids are being taught. I mean, you just think of it from a, like every country that's gone bad, that's a huge part of it is that the bad person in charge gets to change what kids are being taught in school. And that's a problem. You know what I mean? That's why I don't think it should be centralized like that. You know, uh, it, it, you just can't let like one particular point of view dominate how kids learn. So I'm not a huge fan of those types of like, you know, I'm more of a fan of things like charter schools, which, um, and school choice and things like that, which especially down here in Louisiana have a huge effect. But I understand that in Louisiana, what people don't realize is the high percentage of people that were sending their kids to private school anyway, because our public schools weren't particularly good. The dynamic of private school versus 
versus public school has always been more on an equal footing. But in the reality, and there's so many parts of the state in the country where, the, I mean, the, the private schools are so minuscule and minor compared to the public schools. So it's it's like the school choice thing isn't going to affect people in those areas that, that highly like it does down here, where you had such a huge infrastructure of private schools already. Um, it kept them afloat or it kept them growing in areas where they maybe wouldn't have. And it allows kids that could never afford to go there, go to those schools and have those same opportunities. But regardless, I digress. Um, but I, how you weight a topic matters. And, you know, one thing that you have to choose between candidates is which of these people do you think has the ability to actually accomplish the things that are most important on your list? And that's that's something that is a gut reaction. Like you can't you can't show me a poll or whatever that's going to I mean, like I could have never I mean, I, I would have never been able to guess Obama and I, I can't say the same for Bush because I was so naive and I didn't know anything about the world right. or what was happening before when I, you know, when when I entered the voting world and, and Bush was my first election. Like I just couldn't, I didn't know what Bush was running on and I didn't know his record and I didn't know what he said he was going to do. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, and of course, nine eleven happened and just so many crazy things like that. But like, you know, Obama was the first person who I was able to watch just like this crazy upset. I can't even tell you how many speeches I watched of, of Obama's. There were a lot of them. I was I was very captivated like everybody else uh, was uh, with him. And he just said things that I just never heard come out of a Democrat's mouth. And I was like, this dude well, actually is going to do some of this stuff. I never voted for him because of his extreme pro-choice stance. Uh, right. was so like offensive to me. You know, For people that don't know, he supported this bill you know where babies that were born alive were allowed to just be put aside and just slowly die um they didn't have to be treated or helped they would just be tossed aside in trash cans or whatever and they had these cases and uh the chicago the local chicago area wanted to prosecute you know some of these nurses for not taking care of a kid that survived an abortion but he supported that and so because of that really alone i was just like i just there's no way i would ever be able to support somebody like that that thinks i mean to that extreme you got a living breathing kid crying out loud like you know what i mean like you just you cannot care for that child like that's and so i just could never get over that um right 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 but but then saw how he actually like governed was like literally i mean he was bill clinton i mean you know what i mean it was like there was zero difference uh, from from what he was saying and what he actually did, um, he so, falls in, anyway. in line with his party, you know. But yeah, and I, I mean, I and Donald, and anybody... Donald Trump is a lot the same. Donald Trump is a lot the same. I mean, he's very Bush, and the and like I've always said before, the difference between Bush and Obama are very slim. The one thing that Donald Trump did that hasn't been done, you know, one the deregulation he really did, and the pro life stuff that he did was truly profound i mean like the mm -hmm. judges to the mm -hmm. um you know to to all of the the executive orders the, the defunding planned parenthood the, the taking the the funding out of the un and around the world i mean those are things that the presidents have done it's like you know george bush would always sign the mexico city he signed the mexico city policy when he came in to stop sending money to kill babies in mexico to help lower 
people trying to come to our country, which I mean, you know, that seems a little racist, but whatever. But that's been like this thing, you know, since since Clinton, you know, it was like Clinton enact, helped enact this thing. And it was like to help fund, you know, women's health care, but also lots of abortions in Mexico. And so, you know, if you had an unwanted baby, if you aborted them, then they wouldn't eventually try to cross the border. That was literally the idea. Um and, you know, Bush took that away, but he never even came close to trying to defund Planned Parenthood. And it was a literally some high school, some girl in college, um, some girl in college with an undercover freaking camera got more defunding of Planned Parenthood than uh, George Bush did in eight years. You know, a freaking high school college kid that had a YouTube channel did more good for the pro-life movement than all of those Republic. They had a full Republican House and Senate when, when George Bush took over. And the only thing they did pro-life wise legislatively was pass the Unborn Victims of Violence Act, which basically meant if you beat up a pregnant woman and killed her baby, you could be charged with murder. And it was like, well, double murder. But I, I, well, I you could be like, a double murder, but you could also get a murder for just murdering the baby. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got what you're saying. But I mean, survived. it was like, yeah. right. So it sort of made the law seem like, oh, well, the intention of the mother makes the fetus alive or not alive, but human or yeah. not human. But I mean, like, it just it sounds pretty... like to me, everything that you're saying is that both parties haven't been able to do anything. Um, it, it's all the same and that we need something New. Well, I say it's all the same. I, I I don't think any. I think that there's you can criticize Donald Trump for a lot because he's a total a hole. But uh, one thing you can't uh, really, I mean, <laughs> say is that you know what he's gonna do, um, and he's absolutely in a, some ways a wild card and a maverick, and you never know what he's gonna do. So, so do you think uh, that somebody that you align with more? If they were to be elected president, they wouldn't be able to do as much as a Republican or Democrat. Well, I think actually a third party could get more done because everyone would try to deal with the third party candidate. But so I actually think I wouldn't vote for the third party because they probably wouldn't win. I, I think, no, if I if I had a third party person who I felt that their personality was capable enough of of actually becoming president or not just becoming president but like actually enacting like laws and doing some of this stuff then i would vote for that person absolutely you know but i i think that that's part of the the problem you know like joe jorgensen's problem is that she didn't know how to be gary johnson you know gary johnson was uh knew how to talk to normal people like, oh, we're not going to get rid of the police force. We're not going to get rid of the IRS. We're just trying to rein in spending and, and let people make more decisions for themselves. That was something Gary Gary Johnson would say. Joe Jorgensen right. is too libertarian for her own good. That's the which problem. I, which I aligned with the most uh, on that election was with Gary Johnson. I know. Well, if there was anyone that was defund the police, it would have been libertarians. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they were, they're very much demilitarized and defund the police, yeah. but you know, but that's also because they're very pro you are responsible for yourself and exactly. the government's only there for extreme circumstances. Like you need to, you know, I mean, honestly, like I would be fine with, you know, the government giving everyone free land. I, I think everyone deserves, a plot of land and the ability to take care of their family, you know, on that land. 
And but, um, but that's if everybody wants the land, you know. I mean, there's gonna well, be- that's true. But that's a well, that is definitely the problem. I mean, you know, the country was founded in all honesty, on liberty. I think it is funny coming from you. I mean, in all honesty, if if the government gave you land, was like, hey, you need to take care of yourself. Would you be able to do it? Well, well, yeah. I mean, if I didn't have to pay a mortgage and I could, uh, yeah, that would be pretty helpful. I mean, granted, I might not live in the place I want to live. Maybe I'm living few hours outside of where I want to live, but I still have the ability to, um, follow different pursuits, you know what I mean? And, and follow, you know, whatever God given talents that I can drum up in myself to provide for my family, you know? Um, but my point is, is not, is not that, you know, I have to like grow my own food and live off the land. My point is, is that, like I'm able to provide for my family in a way that I see fit. Like I don't think it's, you know, I think it is more unnatural for someone to, you know, basically be born into debt, rent their whole lives, and never own anything. You know, not being a land o- land owner or never actually owning any sort of wealth, that's a problem. That's a problem. You know, uh, and everyone's capable of it. But the thing that sucks is I remember when I mean. The last couple of times I've gotten loans and gotten credit, I mean, I needed to raise some capital to, for a new business venture I did. I, I raised $60,000 in like zero interest credit cards for six months. That gave me enough capital to start a new like business venture. Like, it's sort of unfair that people who are wealthy or, or like people who have access to wealth can get access to more wealth at a drop of a hat. And then people who might be might be perfectly responsible and have zero like real issues on their credit score could never build that capital like that. Like they would have to get private funding to start a capital, start a business because it's like to get good to, in order to get good credit, you have to spend crap tons of money on that credit. You know, it's like the more money I get lend to me, the more my, my credit score goes up. It makes no sense. So it's it's like, it's so true that, but that that goes into, you know, the like the people that are making all of our decisions, you know, get to vote on how much money they make. And I don't get that same liberty, you know, <laughs> that you're right. The rich just keeps getting richer, you know. It, but what, yeah. what are you going to do? Well, I don't know. You need to vote, right? I guess, you know. Yeah, you do but need maybe to vote. You need but to I vote think... for the right people and not just somebody from these same two parties every single time. I mean, it's true. I mean, but I think it swells up. It swells up more from the, it's going to come through the Congress. You know, it's going to be like the Tea Party. You know, it's going to be more like your progressive wing of the Democratic Party. You know, it's going to be people that vote these outsiders in, uh, challengers. I mean, people that are challenging establishment Democrat Republicans, you know, that are taking them out. And coming in with a whole new set of ideas. And those are the people that need to work together. And that's yeah. what we haven't seen yet. We haven't we haven't seen the Ted Cruz and the AOCs working together yet, you know? Yeah. Uh, because well, as crazy as it might seem, they actually have they actually have a lot of things aligned, you know, that they could work on if they wanted to. And that's really where you're gonna get, I think, a third party. You know, I don't know what the heck you would call it, but you need something that you know, call it populist, call it something. Um, for the greater to, good. <laughs> for the greater good. But 
anyway, I mean, at the end of the day, I try to keep, I mean, I want to keep a light. Yeah. I want to keep a light thing, but I mean, I, I was so, uh, I don't know if the right word is entertained. I was entertained. I'm going to be honest. I was, right. I was entertained watching election night last, last time. I mean, the absolute shock and horror on everyone's face. I mean, I don't know why I found it so funny. I was just like, <laughs> these people are losing it, it was, their minds. I mean, a, re- a reality star won. I mean, that's 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 yeah from, from their perspective, you know. So, I mean, that was that was fun. But to watch. they were but, they were spent so much time saying over and over how there was no chance Donald Trump was going to win, and he just and he smoked it. He smoked yeah. it on election night. Winning states didn't even know it was possible, and it was it was just funny seeing everyone's reaction. I was just like, "Wow!" Like these people, like they really can't process what's happening right now, and they still can't. Honestly, I mean, they're still coming up with these crazy conspiracy theories, and it's like, it just he literally said the same things Obama said. I want to end wars, like spend less money, and give you more jobs and opportunity. And it's like, well, I, I wish we, I wish we had the ability to live stream the election night, but um. It, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I mean, I you know, I'll, I hope somebody basically comes out with a the consensus win. Yeah. Um, but it's likely going to not be that way, and it'll be contentious, and I'm sure there'll be court cases. But it really, I you know, it it always seems to come down to. I think there's other methods, but to me, it's always Ohio, Florida. I don't know what happens after that. I think if Ohio and Florida. If one of those goes Democrat, I don't really know what happens after that. Yeah. I think Joe Biden just wins. So to, to me, I'm always just looking for Ohio, Florida. Those two go Republican, then I feel like that's the writing on the wall. But it'd be interesting to see how, how bad polling is nowadays because everyone puts so much trust in polling. And I wonder how much polling – I wonder how much polling actually reflected people's opinions – and how much polling just shaped people's opinions because now we have social media and I've and never so been asked to be a part of a poll so I don't know I feel like a lot of times my opinion is not on there right. like me and you and, come from very similar backgrounds and we have very differing views and opinions on politics even though we align with the same yeah I guess end result on what we want to see you know but I guess ways of getting to that point, like we, we differ, you know? Um, so I just can't think like when they talk about the Catholic vote, you know, I just don't think they represent me. And when they talk about white male vote, I don't think they represent me when they talk about middle-class vote. I don't think they represent me. You know what I mean? Well, like I, I feel they, misrepresented they, in, in well, every category. And there really isn't a white, I mean, there really isn't a, a, a true Catholic vote, to be honest. I mean, oh, I know. I, it, you know, just, there's a, there is a Christian evangelical vote and the Catholics and there's like, well, I don't know what you call it. Maybe there's 30% of Catholics that are part of that vote. You know, yeah. it's definitely a minority. And then you have like the majority of, of Catholics that are much more, they're just, yep. I mean, they're not vote. They they might vote for either or party, but it's there's nothing to do with their Catholic beliefs, you know. Yeah. Well, this uh, Tuesday we'll find out. What's your prediction, Will? Um, President-wise, I mean, we I already honestly, know who's going to be our senator and congressman. I honestly think that Donald Trump is going to get it. Um, 
But I, I don't know. I think it's up in the air. Who knows? Because this it's a whole it's a different election this year. You know. So yeah. what's your what's your I, prediction? I, I dude, I'm I'm with you. I think Donald Trump wins, and I think part of the reason he wins it's not funny, but it's sort of funny. But it's like I think this the fear of people like don't wanting to catch COVID. I think is going to play a big part into why uh, why he ends up winning. You know because. The Democrats Maybe. made such a big deal about it, and then now they literally are trying to get people to go out and vote. Now they're like, you know what? For in some states, because of like the rules, they're just like, got to go out and vote. But yeah, no, I, I do think that he wins. I think that I think honestly, the riots and all of that will be the thing that saved him because COVID has sucked, and the whole government response to COVID has sucked. Um, it's not. I'm not going to say it's one person's fault. I mean, you know, everyone's figuring it out as they go. But to me, it's very clear that there's a whole host of governors and and mayors, including our own, that are purposefully trying to just destroy people's lives for political right. reasons. And that just leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. And there's a lot of I, – I just – you know, it's like people call it anecdotal when you say, well, I know X number of people and they are just like really fed up with – you know, how our Democratic mayor dealt with this situation because the people that get hurt again are the poor. You know, who's who's getting most affected by the by the Democrats refusing to pass another stimulus bill before the election? The poor, you know, I mean, they're the ones that are most affected. In fact, it's actually been proven that the wealthiest, um, like uh, whatever it is, 10 percent, 50, 20 percent. They actually got wealthier during COVID. Yep. Um, and you got to quit proving my point. We need to stop voting for Republicans and Democrats. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it just pisses me off that every every argument that comes back is like, you know, that the poor just keeps getting hit. And it's like, well, the poor keeps voting for the same people and over again, you know, and the middle class keeps getting hit. The middle class votes for the same people over and over again. You know, and then when they switch sides and they decide they're not going to vote for the same person, they just switch to the other side. They don't right. vote for the that people per- that probably would do it. Right, right. Well, that's the thing. That's that's the fear of someone like Bernie Sanders, you know, or Joe Jorgensen. But, you know, like Joe Jorgensen, I think a third party ever made it in there. Both the Democrats and the Republicans would do everything possible to make deals with this person. They have to. And no one is ever going to be like, oh, you dealt with a libertarian. You know, they can just say, well, look, we had to deal with a libertarian because that's who we had. We didn't right. have a Republican or Democrat. And so I think they would actually have, if they wanted to leverage that, I'm not saying that person would, but if like a libertarian president would never create a libertarian society in four years, eight years, you know what I mean? And I no, think that's what impossible. they would they would have to somehow just like bernie sanders was able to present uh uh democratic socialism in a way that that didn't seem uh commie you know and authoritative even though that's what everyone accuses him of but he he did present it in a way that was like it's just still american democracy and we are still going to be a democracy you know democratic republic but but we we're gonna we we're gonna do this in a in more of a socialist type way. He presented that that way. Libertarians need to remessage in a similar way, because when people right. actually learn the very philosophical basis of libertarianism, 
it, it terrifies them. You know what I mean? Like, and it it's like not like every libertarian believes the extreme, but they need to preach it better. You know, and of course, I think Gary Johnson did that, which is why he got an actual decent percentage of votes. I mean, I say decent, you know, but I mean, he was a he got there were states he got double digits, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, he was able to present it in a way that, you know, he's like, look, I, I know how to manage. I know how to work with Republicans and Democrats, get things done, just make things cost less money and just, like, take away so much red tape and bureaucracy. You know? Like, we're not, you know, to quote <laughs> Joe Biden, we're not fundamentally changing anything. We're just, you know, cutting a few little things around the edges and making things work better, you know? that They need, they need new messaging, for sure. They could use Kanye West needs to needs to work with the libertarians or something, you know, well, help them re-message. We'll see what happens on Tuesday, dude. That we will. Hey, we, we, you didn't tell me where are you. What are you watching the election results on? How are you getting your? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch what you watched. I didn't know they were doing that. That's I think that's oh, gonna be okay. entertaining. All that's right, what I'm saying. We, it'd be fun to live stream it, but I don't think we're gonna be able to. No, but we could we could Facetime each other. Or Zoom each other if we're not sick of Zooming at this point. We'll talk about that after the show. I'm down. Sounds good. What you drinking, awesome. Will, by the way, right now? Wa- drinking water. anything? Because we're doing a night podcast. Water. Water. You told me that we were going to start podcasting at night and I should get a drink. Yes. But you're not going to get a drink, just me. You're just going to liquor me up. Yes. Well, since you asked... I am drinking a Basil Hayden dark rye whiskey. This is whiskey finished in port wine barrels. Very nice. <laughs> For those of you keeping track at home, that was my uh, that's my whiskey suggestion. Um, if you never tried it, check it out. It's come down in price lately. When it first came out, it was kind of expensive, but it's you know it's a little more respectable now. And. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're going to end the show. <laughs> oh, God help us. Let's, I, let's, hope nobody's, um, I hope nobody's city burns next week, but me too. if it does, but, I'll be watching it on TV and hoping for the best for you guys. We'll find out. May the best uh, person win, and uh, hopefully it's a third-party candidate. But we'll see. Tuesday. It, it, we might wake up on Wednesday morning and say, "Dude, this is so good. It's like it's like it's my birthday." It's like it's my birthday. I <laughs> this like is it. such I, a good day. It's like it's my birthday. I am voting for Kanye West. Um, we should have, and that should be the moment where we outro with a Kanye West song, like oh. "Jesus Saves." Well, God, I got show something. me the way because the devil trying to break me down. Oh no, that uh, was called "Jesus Walks." That was what the name of the song was. Yes. I'm William. I'm Matt. He's Matt. This is that guy's show. We got an election happening. We're going to have a new president in a couple months. Or the same one. God help us. Everybody relax. Grab a good whiskey. We're going to survive in another world. Yes, and Matt is going to get everybody land if he becomes president. Give you land. That's our show. Peace. Peace.